the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at Shalom Klein. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. We love to profile entrepreneurs that are making a difference. And my next guest is certainly a great example of that. Thrilled to be joined by Tammy Coakley from Lou. Tammy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shalom. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So, uh, Tammy, you uh, run... Uh, two fantastic locations of Spablu in West Dundee and South Barrington. Uh, I love yep. to start with getting to know the uh, person behind the microphone, the entrepreneur's story. Tammy, can you uh, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. My name is Tammy Copley. Um, I've been in business in the salon and spa industry for the last 16 years. Um, we have um, had our first location... Um, was about 15 years old in West Dundee, Illinois, and then South Barrington, Illinois, about the last 12 years. Um, I started uh, my path with my parents. My parents were in the restaurant bar industry. So I started working for them at a very young age. And that is where I got my love for business, community, families. um, And that's where it started. And uh, certainly those are all industries that uh, require a, a real dedication to customer service and uh, safety, which is obviously the hot topic right now. And we will get there. We will definitely talk about the issue of the day. But I actually want to talk about your uh, sort of big picture commitment to sustainability, your big picture commitment to the, uh, to the community, big picture commitment to the environment. Let's talk a little bit about what makes Spa Blue, a little bit different. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of your uh, support for different organizations in the world of sustainability? Yeah, so we currently right now um, use a, 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 bit, a company called um, Green Circle Salons, and they actually come and pick up our recycling. So instead of dumping extra color down the drain, they pick it up, um, we sweep our hair, um, they pick that up. So they'll use that for repurpose and recycling, sometimes oil spills and other things, um, plastics, foils. Um, now with COVID, they have a special bin um, for disposable masks, gloves, and other items um, for PP, 
piece, uh, PPE safety. Um, and yeah, it's a great service. They come pick up um, when we're full and we um, are able to recycle a lot more of our items um, instead of putting them down the drain and in the trash. That's admirable and so important. So mm-hmm. uh, you, I believe, were, were closed for a period of time along with many other uh, businesses, especially in your line of work. Uh, yes. Tammy, can you tell us uh, how long were your doors shut and when you reopened, what sort of procedures you put in place? Yeah, so we closed our locations down about March 19th. Um, we had reopened June 1st. And the safety precautions that we were able to put in place while we were closed were um, we put in um, plexiglass dividers in every area that we possibly could. We um, have a system in place where the guests will call when they get to their service. Um, We call them back on their cell phone and let them know when their service provider is ready. And um, they then at that point have to wear a mask. We take their temperature. Um, We have them use a hand sanitizer. We give a bag for their personal belongings, such as purses, keys, whatever they might have. So that could be a garbage bag or it could be a Ziploc bag, depending on what they're carrying with them. Um, we ask them to come alone. Um, our team as well, we have masks every day when they come in the salon. Um, we take their temperature every day when they come in the salon. And then we have many different cleaning procedures in place throughout the day um, to make sure that every area of the salon and spa are cleaned in between each guest that we see. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those are just some of the things that we've done um, to keep the safety of our team and our guests. So, Tammy, I'm going to go to the team in just a moment because uh, my understanding is that you are experiencing, you are ready to bring on more people in both of your locations, which is uh, very, very exciting. Um, but I want to talk about your customers. And uh, I know you are from an early age, you have been dedicated to customer experience, customer service. And, uh, and I'm curious, what are you hearing from your loyal customers? Are they coming back? Are they comfortable going out and about and rescheduling the, the appointments? They've probably just been missing you so, so much for. Yes, there was definitely, um, I, I knew pretty early on that, that we were definitely being missed by our guests in the community. I think everyone, I think we all kind of felt that uh, lack of hair opportunities that we're used to. Um, So yeah, so I've gotten numerous phone calls and reviews um, stating, you know, I had a guest call me the other day, just saying, you know, I, I uh, have a compromised immune system, I want you to know I came in and had my hair done. And I just want to thank you for everything that you're doing. We feel so safe. So, you know, when you hear things like that or you read reviews like that, you just know that the extra steps you're taking is just so important. And same for the team. The team was very nervous to come back. You know, we are a very close industry, touching people. I mean, we're, we're, that's all we do is touch people. So um, even our team was a little nervous, but I think when they saw all the precautions we were taking, it made them feel just as comfortable as the guest. Wow. Um, well, that's so important to you. That commitment is is huge. And so let's jump over to the team side. Um, your uh, Some of your team, I'm sure, were 
at home, probably eagerly awaiting the opportunity to come back. But uh, you have experienced a growing demand for your hair, nail, and beauty services in both uh, West Dundee and South Barrington. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you plan to address that growing demand. Well, we are um, actually hiring. So we did hire recently um, about four new hires. Um, we're, we're continually looking for some uh, great help as always. Um, but yes, we're definitely hiring. And then also we have added some services on our menu that might be a little bit more time friendly for guests that maybe are a little more nervous to come in. So we added an express color service to our menu, which is basically they'll come in, they'll get color on their hair, sign a waiver. Um, they'll get a shampoo conditioner and gloves to take home with them. And then they can wash their hair out at home. So that takes the service down to a 30 minute in salon instead of a two and a half hour in salon. So those are just some of the things that we're doing to try to um, accommodate our guests, but also, um, you know, continue to for, uh, you know, prepare for the future guests. So innovation is really, uh, is really key uh, for sure. And uh, Tammy, we are quickly running out of time and I want to make sure, um, I, uh, I, 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 I get some information from you on, uh, on your advice to other business owners. Some businesses are still, just making the preparations to reopen, whether it's their offices, their business, whatever the case may be, what advice would you have for other entrepreneurs and other business owners that might be tuning into the program? My advice would, yeah, would just be to one, make sure that your team and your guests feel safe, um, regardless of your beliefs on what's happening right now, because people are kind of all over the gamut with it. And I think it's really important to keep the people um, safe and your team safe. Um, I think it's important for that customer service and that smile to still sh shine through behind the mask because it can be long days when you're wearing masks all day. Um, but they can still see the smile and the customer care in your face. Um, whether it's just your eyes or your tone or whatever it is. So still focusing on that customer experience even though it's changed and it had to change um, from some of the things that we used to offer, um, we still try to provide as best customer service as we possibly can and do it with a smile. Excellent, Tammy. Well, Tammy Coakley from Spa Blue. Uh, Tammy, you talked about some career opportunities. How can yeah. people learn more about both your locations and the opportunities that you have for both uh, services as well as careers? Yeah, so our website would be the best spot. It's um, www.spa-bleu.com. And there you can go and you can um, check out our, our salon and services we offer, but also um, you can fill out an online um, application as well. Once again, Tammy Coakley from Spa Blue, check out their website. Uh, they have job opportunities. They are working hard uh, to give back to the community in a sustainable, environmentally friendly way. You're listening to Get Down to Business. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I'm thrilled to be joined by Bill Hirsch, who has practiced architecture for over 40 years. During that time, he's designed hundreds of custom homes in 
in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, Connecticut, Hawaii, all places that I would probably rather be right now. But uh, I'm thrilled to have Bill on the line uh, with us now to talk about both his experience as well as his book. Bill, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me on. It's great to have you. So uh, we love to get to know the, uh, the folks behind the business journey. Uh, Bill, I, I know I just mentioned you've been in architecture for over 40 years. Can you tell us what originally uh, brought you into that architectural world? Well, there wasn't an aha moment for me. It seems I always wanted to be an architect from as far back as I can remember and to that path. (laughs) You took that path and you went to school. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your education and the early days of your your career? Sure. I, um, I have an undergraduate degree in psychology, and then I went to the University of Virginia uh, in a master's program in architecture, and following that, uh, moved to Delaware, lived there, practiced architecture for about 20 years, and then moved to North Carolina. And I'm, I started to specialize in residential architecture. Prior to that, I had done all sorts of buildings, all building types, but I became a residential specialist at that point. And then as the years went by, I found myself telling Mike the same things at the outset. And I decided it would be a good idea to write down a little handout for them at the beginning of each project, background information, what to expect, how to get their thoughts together. And that turned into my first book. I had a little more to say than I realized once I started writing it. Indeed. And uh, I am fascinated by, uh, by your book. The well-centered home. Home is uh, is a term that we use often for our houses and uh, the, the 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 various buildings that you have been involved in helping so many people uh, put up. But uh, you uh, you, I'm going to quote a line over here. Your home has the power to channel or repel the energy that nourishes you. It can energize and recharge you. It can increase your mindfulness and help you feel at peace. So, Bill, you certainly have spent a lot of time. Um, really uh, diving into uh, what makes a, I guess, a house a home. And, uh, and you talk a lot about the various homebody types. Let's get into the book. Uh, it's, it's called The Well-Centered Home. What inspired you uh, to really get deeper into the psyche of how people, how people are at ease in their own home environment? Well, this is been a thread through all of my design work. And uh, just recently, I thought I can present these same concepts in ways that are easy to understand and apply to everybody's home, regardless of the size of the home. You don't have to be building a new house. You can take your existing home. Maybe it's an apartment. Maybe it's a a large, fancy house. And make adjustments to fine-tune it to you and it can become that sort of recharging station for the soul, if if you will, where um, it helps de-stress you and puts you back in a better centered place simply by being there. Interesting. So again, the book, The Well-Centered Home, Simple Steps to Increase Mindfulness, Self-Awareness, and Happiness Where You Live. Uh, Bill, I don't want to give away all of the secret sauce in the book because obviously we want to make sure folks Get on Amazon, order the book. We'll share all that information in a couple of minutes. But what are some of the 
fundamental takeaways that you would want our listeners as they go into a new week to think about, about how they can increase their mindfulness, self-awareness, and happiness where they live? Well, I talk about uh, pebbles and pearls, and pebbles are the things that are irritants and they disrupt the energy in your home, and just like a pebble in your shoe would do, and pearls would be additive things. They would be little special items that enhance the energy. So the first thing you want to do is remove those pebbles. They might be little annoyances you've lived with and got you, gotten used to, uh, but now you need to heighten your awareness of these and go through and reassess your home and smooth out these rough spots like a door that sticks all the time or an unfortunate view of uh, into the bathroom from the living room that you need to do something about because they're breaking up the positive energy in your home. A very, very interesting. And in the book, you talk about four different home body types and folks can actually go on your website, wellcenteredhome.com to actually see a little bit about how you can discover your home body type. But uh, I'm, again, I'm chatting with William Hirsch, Bill Hirsch, the uh, the author of the best-selling book, The Well-Centered Home. Tell us about those home body types and and how they're unique and how people can discover who they are and maybe learn from that experience. Right. Well, that's the key thing is the home body test is to help you understand yourself, your preferences, and your inclinations. It's not meant to categorize you, but it gives you good guidance about which are the most effective things that you could do uh, to your home in order to customize it for you. We're not all the same, and some uh, standard method of organizing and arranging your home shouldn't really apply to everybody. So the homebody quiz heightens your awareness of where your preferences go. It gives you a lot of reassurance about the things you might be doing to uh, help your, your home become better centered. Bill, can I ask what, uh, what's your homebody type? <laughs> well, it turned out I was a Plato, which is the more contemplative type. And I had to put the quiz away for a number of months in order to get an objective view of it since I created the quiz. Uh, but I have a little inclination towards an Astaire at the same time, which is Very a little more outgoing person. And often when people think about a home, it's it's all very exciting when you first move into a house, especially. I know you've worked on uh, designing as an architect. Uh, you've you've helped people build their dream home. Um, my I guess my question to you, Bill, is, is for this uh, process, for this concept, for this movement that you've created of the well-centered home, is uh, is a new home requ- a requirement? No, absolutely not. It's probably more geared towards existing homes, and um, and smaller homes are actually easier to uh, do the process with because you have fewer things to impact. So it it could be they're they're very simple, straightforward things you can do that improve this. I talk about earth grounding, for instance, which is a concept that connects you with nature. And this improves your emotional health and your physical health. There there are proven studies of this. So earth grounding is a way to uh, let you appreciate where your home is in nature and connects you to nature better than your home may already do at the present time. Very interesting. And I know you talk about uh, turning 
uh, a home into a recharging station, which I, I love that concept. Uh, and that's so important. So certainly that's a key takeaway that, uh, that folks can learn uh, even from our brief conversation over here. So Bill, what are you hearing from the, uh, from the readers of the book and, and all the followers, um, that are, are learning about the concept? Have you heard any interesting stories or feedback? Uh, not so many stories yet. The book's just been out for a short time, but I do get comments that I really appreciate where people say, you know, I've always felt these things, but I couldn't put it into words. And so uh, in my book, that's what I've tried to do is to explain why we feel certain things about our home, even if it's on a very subliminal level. And when, once you become more aware of this, you're better able to improve those very same feelings. Sure. And we all use those words, home, sweet home. And I know uh, that once you read the book, well-centered home, you will say it and you will mean it. So Bill, we are running out of time. I want to make sure our listeners know where they can purchase a copy of the book and learn more about you. Uh, Bill, can you share your contact information? Sure. Uh, the website is wellcenteredhome.com. And the books are available on Amazon in both an ebook format and the paperback format. And the audio version should be available uh, within a few days. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, again, new book, Well-Centered Home, receiving some great, great reviews. And we all know home is where we have been spending a lot of time lately and uh, probably uh, quite a bit more uh, over the coming weeks and months. So uh, you will want to get a copy of The Well-Centered Home uh, by the fantastic author, William Hirsch. Bill, thanks so much for joining us on the air. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Check out the website, wellcenteredhome.com. We're going to squeeze in a quick break with some headlines. And following that break, we'll be joined by Brian Winfell, who is uh, joining us in just a few minutes. You are listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back and get down to business when you return. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Get Down to Business, and I'm thrilled to be joined by our returning guest, our health insurance guru, Tom Arabali. Tom, welcome back to Get Down to Business. And how are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm great. Yes. It's, uh, I know great. you've been uh, attending sessions and seminars that uh, you use to bring more information to your customers, which is what it's all about. So, Tom, I want to dive right in. Every time I have you on the air, we are able to demystify yet a little bit more about health insurance coverage. So let's get right into it. Uh, Tom, a mm -hmm. term that is frequently used um, right now, there are a lot of uh, employees. Uh, we've been talking about this throughout the program. We'll continue to do so that unfortunately have been furloughed, some that have been laid off, some companies that are actually doing more hiring right now. So the term that every new employee deals with is open enrollment. Tom, can you uh -huh. educate our listeners what open enrollment actually is? Well, that's the permission slip uh, for the uh, Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, that will allow people um, to go ahead and enroll into the government plan. And uh, this year, I believe it's going to be uh, November 1st to December 15th. But I could be wrong because they really haven't given us the uh, open enrollment period. 
Very interesting. So that, is, that is open enrollment. That's something that everybody deals with. I want to, we're doing the lightning round right now because I want to make sure yeah. that we cover as much as possible. Um, what is short-term disability insurance? Again, I'm asking these questions because new employees are asked these questions all the time. Do you want this? And do you want that? And our, you know, here's the period of open enrollment. So what is short-term disability coverage? Okay, it has, that short-term disability has nothing to do with open enrollment. Short-term disability is usually on group plans, or clients can purchase that on an individual basis. <clears throat> what it basically does, God forbid, uh, you are you're injured on your job, and let's say you're making a thousand dollars a week, uh, you will get uh, the average is approximately an award of sixty-five percent of your weekly salary uh, from the time of your disability, if you're awarded that award, uh, all the way up to age 65. At age 65, then that award stops. That income stops. And and Tom, when, when a new employee comes into a company and they're presented with a menu of all of the different coverages, what is your advice in, in, in what they should be enrolling in and what they should possibly be skipping for, uh, for a later date? Personally, I would tell them to skip the short-term disability and take uh, a long-term care policy because, uh, again, short-term stops at age 65 and long-term care lasts until the day you die. So if you're 100 years old and you die, which is not unheard of, then your long-term, disabil- uh, long-term care slash long-term disability will last until the day you die. Wow. So, Tom, uh, we we entered the segment talking about uh, you have been at uh, conferences and learning a great deal. What's the latest in the uh, in the world of health insurance? Well, we're looking for another increase in Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. And uh, what President Trump has done, and it was repeated and repeated and repeated, that he eliminated the penalty for not purchasing a qualified Affordable Care Act policy. So clients can choose a non-compliant plan that obviously is not in compliance with the Affordable Care Act. And that those plans that I sell have no maternity coverage. Those usually are four to five hundred dollars less per person per month. So if it's a husband and wife, the husband has to pay for maternity coverage and the wife has to pay for maternity coverage. So it's just something that uh, is unisex. And and it allows uh, folks to, I used the term menu before, it allows allows folks to go and sort of pick off the menu or if if you're missing uh, buffets, I could use that terminology too. It allows you to pick what you want from the all-you-can-eat buffet to determine what it is that you need, what it is that you want, and uh, make sure you're getting the right options for you. Is that correct, Tom? Correct. That That is correct. Uh, interesting. So uh, you are always a, a guru on everything health insurance related. You, uh, I know there is a period of open enrollment for um, for uh, folks that are starting sometimes at a, at a company. Um, but Tom, you are able to talk to any of our listeners anytime. Yes, sir. And I can enroll people at any time. Yes, there are some underwriting guidelines. 
So it's uh, something where I am not going to tell a person who has insulin-dependent diabetes, I'm not going to have that person go into a short-term plan because, frankly, they're not going to get approved. My advice to them is to stick with their group plan or go into the Affordable Care Act plan. Excellent. Excellent. So Tom, we're running out of time. I want to make sure our listeners know where they can get in touch with you. You always answer your phones. You respond to every email. What's the best way for people to reach you? Call me at 630-863-3477. That's 630-863-3477. Uh, Tom Arabali, health insurance expert. The uh, website is healthplanchicago.com. Uh, reach out to him because he can provide you the, uh, the options from the all-you-can-eat buffet, uh, the right options for you. That's what it's all about. Tom Arabali, thanks as always for educating our listeners. We'll have you back on the show real soon. Yes, sir. Have a great day. Thank you very much. You too. Check out my website at shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the past six plus years of the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Follow me on Twitter. We'll be back and get down to business in just a moment. Welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. Follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. I've got a real treat for you. I am thrilled to be joined by attorney Brian Winthal, who, uh, Brian, you have become a bit of an expert on the topic of really why Illinois employers have to think twice about using biometrics for employee security, a fascinating topic. We're going to get right into it. But Brian, before we do, let's get to know you. Tell us a little bit about, uh, about your practice and, uh, and who you are. Sure. Of course. Well, thank you for having me, Shalom. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm a partner currently with a law firm called Burke Warren. My primary area of expertise is employment law. That divides pretty evenly into your standard employment law cases for employers, like discrimination, retaliation, things like that, but also includes more novel topics that I'm sure will be interesting to your viewers, like BIPA, the Illinois Biometric Information Privacy Act. Prior to that... I'm sorry. Prior to that, I had been a partner with an AmLaw 200 firm, a larger firm, Prior to that, with a smaller plaintiff's firm, and before that, I'm sure near and dear to your heart, I was a naval officer uh, and judge advocate with the United States Navy. Well, thank you for that. Uh, you picked the wrong branch, but other than that, I've got no criticism for you. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, agree to put aside our, we'll agree to put aside our Army-Navy rivalry for now, Shalom. How about that? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. So, Brian, um, it's a fascinating topic um, in, in everything that you're doing, because right now, employment law is certainly a fascinating area. Right now, there's so much going on, so many changes in in employment. I mean, on this show alone, uh, we talk to employers that are growing and increasing their headcounts as well as employ- employers that are having to unfortunately furlough and lay people off. It's a tough, tough situation. So BIPA, BIPA is a really interesting acronym that many of our listeners might not be uh, familiar with. It is the Illinois Biometric Privacy Act, um, which is certainly very relevant right now. So right now, businesses are starting to reopen at some level, whether it's a retail location or a service-based business. Uh, all companies are trying to eliminate touch points to avoid transmitting the virus. Tell us a little bit about how, how biometrics is something that's sort of a topic now and why you are so passionate about making sure that employers do think twice before implementing biometrics for employee security. 
It's a great question, Shalom. And to answer it, I want to give you a little bit of history. So BIPA was passed by the Illinois legislature in 2008. For a long time, more than a decade, we heard nothing about the statute. And the reason for that was in order to allege a violation under it, those folks who felt they were aggrieved by it were required to allege some type of additional injury or harm. So for example, when we talk about biometrics, what we really mean is fingerprints, voice prints, retinal scans, and any type of facial recognition technology. If that's taken from me, I can go to court and say, wait a minute, someone took that from me in violation of the law. But prior to last year, I had to allege something more. My identity was also stolen. I suffered some type of financial loss. They sold my information. What we found out last year is that in order to go to court, all a plaintiff has to allege in BIPA cases is that their biometric information was taken in violation of the law. If they can show that, if they can show what employers or other companies didn't do right, they can march right into court and ask for some statutory violations. And what we're seeing as the result is dozens of class action cases being filed each week under BIPA seeking to get those statutory damages. Well, Brian, there's a lot of information that's being that's being collected over there every time a, an employee enters and exits a building, um, certainly clocking in, clocking out, all sorts of ways that biometrics, I mean, to, to many listeners, it's the coolest thing. It's so convenient, aside for the health risks. But you're saying that uh, BIPA is really uh, is really something that em- employers that want to that want to watch their uh, their liability uh, should be very careful of. And Brian, to be clear, other states have passed legislation as well. I believe Texas, Washington states have passed different things. But what makes Illinois unique and different from the other legislation in other states? Illinois Shalom is the only state right now that allows a private cause of action by someone who believes they've been aggrieved by the statute. In other words, while other states are regulating the collection, they don't give individuals like you and I the right to walk into a court to claim that they've been injured in some way. Illinois is still the only state that allows that for regular everyday folks. Interesting that you mentioned before the idea of clocking in and clocking out. The big debate that we have under BIPA right now is what is a violation? The statute says that as an individual, I can claim my rights have been violated when someone takes my biometrics without asking. From my perspective, as a traditional management side guy, I would say that once a fingerprint is collected by an employer upon someone's clocking in, that information is collected and the violation is done. My colleagues in the plaintiff's bar, of course, will tell you that every time an individual signs into work, every time they walk up to the scanner and put their fingerprint on it to clock in or clock out is a violation multiplied by the number of employees, multiplied by the years over which the company has been doing that. You get yourself to several million dollars in a demand quite quickly in that setting. And there still is yet no court decision that tells us exactly what a violation is. So I'm chatting with uh, attorney Brian Winthoff from the firm of Burke, Warren, uh, McKay, and Ceratella. I hope I got that right. Um, you did. And uh, Brian is, a, is primarily an a employment uh, attorney, uh, but really, really fascinating because you really touched on an interesting aspect of the law over here that many of our listeners don't know a thing or two about. And 
I guess the lesson over here is don't jump at the latest and greatest technology because you could potentially be on the hook for millions and millions of dollars. Brian, I've got to squeeze in a quick break. Can you join me uh, in just a moment when we return? We'll talk more about your practice and other things that employers all throughout the state of Illinois need to be conscious of. Uh, You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. We'll be back with attorney Brian Winthal when we return in just a moment. Back on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I'm thrilled to be rejoined by Brian Wanthal, who is a litigator who currently represents a wide variety of companies in commercial and work-related disputes. Uh, lots of experience uh, trying cases as a first-chair lawyer between before both judges and juries, but also a trained advocate who routinely represents clients on a broad range of alternative dispute resolution. Uh, Brian, you have a wealth of knowledge and experience, and we are living in unprecedented times in this world of COVID. Uh, all businesses in Illinois and beyond going through uh, going through lots of changes. Brian, what are you hearing from your clients? You know, Shalom, as you as you read some of my background there, I couldn't help but think how much that's changed over the past, let's call it eight to 12 weeks. COVID-19 has radically changed for all business owners, what they actually need to be doing in order to both protect themselves and their employees and customers in this climate. I have to tell you that much of my work has shifted to focusing on things like the FFCRA, the new statute that's been passed in order to give employees both paid sick leave and potentially paid family medical leave over that period of time. I've also done a tremendous amount of advising now when it comes to unemployment claims, which is a big issue for all employers who are being required to furlough and conduct layoffs during this period of time. But almost more prominently than anything else, I have been discussing with businesses the idea of liability waivers as Businesses in Illinois seek to reopen. There is almost no question that they should decide whether or not it's appropriate to have some type of liability waiver in place so that the customers and visitors who come to their workplaces can't turn around and allege theories of recovery if they become ill with COVID-19. I'm sure you've seen, Shalom, that throughout the media, there have been every imaginable manner of litigation and lawsuit filed to see if folks can test the relationships to figure out if they can drive recovery. Walmart, for example, is being sued as we speak under the theory that they knew that certain employees were COVID-19 positive, didn't tell others, and should now be liable when folks got sick. It's an interesting mix. And as I'm telling any business owners, and as I would tell all your listeners as well, if you can put some type of liability and waiver in place for your customers as you get started again, it is worth doing in an effort to limit your potential liability on the other side. Brian, I have to ask, um, I, I go for a walk every morning, a long walk. I pass by a number of businesses. I love seeing you know, local small businesses. And almost without exception, every single retail storefront has a sign on the door, you must wear a mask. And often they say, they're, uh, you, know, you must do this, you must sanitize, you must do this, you must do that. Is that notification alone enough to cover themselves, to protect themselves from any liability? Like any good lawyer, Shalom, I'll tell you the answer is it depends. Uh, the, the upshot is that businesses can take various steps in order to protect themselves. I think for purposes of reducing liability, it's a great step and in the right direction. And I have to tell you candidly that while the world seems to be melting down around us with regard to the debate over wearing masks or not, 
most of my clients and just about all the businesses you're seeing, I think are taking the responsible step to ask folks to please wear masks when they come into the spaces. So I don't think the debate is as broad or as widespread as we're led to believe. It's a wonderful step for employers. What truly will protect them is some type of written information delivery of a waiver in order to confirm that customers are aware that they inherit some type of risk simply by walking in or patronizing the business. That's I should great also advice, mention, Brian. Yeah. Um, we're running out of time. So uh, mm-hmm. Brian, Brian Wenthal, uh, I, you, you, again, you picked the wrong branch of the military, um, <laughs> but you do know a thing or two about BIPA, uh, the, the really, really fascinating topic of biometrics uh, and the liability uh, that uh, employers are potentially uh, putting on themselves just by embracing some new technology. And we talked about COVID and, uh, and that uh, liability protection as well. Brian, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can reach you. Can you share your website and contact information? Absolutely. You can find me at burklaw.com and I'm an extremely active LinkedIn user as well. So all you have to do is hit my name, Brian with an I, and then Weinthal, W-E-I-N-T-H-A-L, and you'll find me at LinkedIn. Again, I would encourage anybody that's going through issues here in the wake of COVID-19, please reach Thanks out for to joining us. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Success. Let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. 